Yeah, let me mention something here while, uh, before we pray. I forgot to mention this detail. We also have a door hanger that uh, you can, can buy and distribute. So it's very similar to the, uh, to the Mega Mailer, but instead of using Uncle Sam or the federal... Uh, it's so it's, it's going to be cheaper. But what it involves is your church members going from house to house to house to house and uh, handing these on, on the door. What we have discovered, our experience has been that uh, it is going to be cheaper, for sure, by quite a significant margin, but the response rate is also less. It is also less. So you're, you're, you're not going to get quite the response that uh, you do with the Mega Mailer. The Mega Mailer is just, uh, it's, it's just an amazing thing. I didn't tell you the whole story. I, I kind of hinted on it. With the Mega Mailer, what happened is I said, can you design something? And so, you know, I'm going to hold one up, give you one as well here. Since you were not here yesterday, I'll give you this. And what is your name? Janice. Hi, Janice. My name is Eve. Y-V-E-S Meunier, Eve Meunier. So anyway, so uh, I told them design something, and they designed something, and I, I didn't realize what, uh, how big it would be, and then, of course, it was a mistake. So at first, we called it the mistake mailer, and then uh, when we started getting results, we changed name to miracle mailer, <laughs> and then finally, we decided, well, it, it's not, it doesn't sound very professional, so we settled on mega mailer. But uh, so that's a little bit of the history about this, this mailer. But this here is very similar to that, except this is using USPS, this is using your legs, and the response is a little bit better with this, but this one is a lot cheaper to also order and distribute. So, uh, but this will involve a lot more people. Uh, but if your Pathfinder Club is looking for something to do on Sabbath afternoon and, and they can distribute a couple thousand of these, uh, who knows? Who knows? So just food for thought here. wanted to, to share that with you so you could see that as well. Why? I tell you why. Why? I, I think, I think it's, it's a lot up here. Uh, something comes through the mail and uh, it, it, it feels more official. Uh, while something that is in comes like this, it's it's more local and and possibly not as 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 good. I, you know, and this is why. By the way, let me mention this. On the return address, it says Chattanooga, uh, because that's our home office. But what, what it says here, it's not something local. And, and people have less fear if, if they don't feel this is a, a local entity. But it is a local entity. But, but this here, you know, it goes back to Chattanooga, so it's something distant. I expect it to come back in the mail. And so people are less, are less fretful about, uh, about signing up. So, you know, I, I don't have any real... Uh, Answers except to say, I think people just feel it's it's more official if it comes by mail. So, so, so 
the results are less effective. But if you can get your church members active, that's absolutely, absolutely. Because if let me tell you what, if you have walked uh, five miles to put these these in, in on doors, uh, I think you've got more buy-in. So you're right. So you know pros and cons on either side, and it's just a matter of deciding. Uh, which which is best. Uh, personally, I do like the door-to-door -door work just uh, with a survey. I, I found this to be extremely effective as well, but uh, that's also the one that people are most scared of. But uh, it's amazing. People respond. It's just, you think no one's going to respond, but you knock on doors and God leads you to doors that have a person who is seriously, significantly searching for something better. Because like we've, I've said it over and over, like Ellen White says, there's this nameless longing people have. And, and, uh, and we knock on the door. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story here. I mean, this is a true story. We haven't prayed. I, I should pray and include the story in, uh, in, uh, in, in what they're going to keep on the, on the recording here. So let's pray. So Father in heaven, thank you for another day. Bless us here as we talk about evangelism public evangelism, how every church, every person in the church can be involved and successfully be part of public evangelism and uh, lead people to, to you through this important means of, of evangelism. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So her name, let's call her, let's call her, call her Linda. I'll, I'll keep her anonymous. And this happened in Boston, in Boston area. So you know, when you think of Boston, you don't think of Christianity at its pinnacle. Boston is anything but very Christian. They're very secular, very materialistic, very, very cynical because of all the education there. It's nothing else matters. So we have a bunch of, of Bible workers, church members just like you, and they're doing a survey. Knock on doors and they happened to knock on the door of Linda. Now Linda responded and, uh, and she was thankful that they were at her door because she was at a crossroad in her life. So let me back up and share with you about Linda's life. Linda grew up in an extremely dysfunctional home. Uh, and by the way, a lot of people grew up in very dysfunctional homes, unfortunately even in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And her father was extremely abusive. He died when she was young, and uh, even though one could say, what a blessing that he was out of the way because of his abuse, the mother was just a hair better, so not much improved. Uh, as often it happens, a, a, a person from a dysfunctional home, when they're older, often end up marrying someone like, the environment they come from. You'd think that they would find the right person who would be so f different from wh where they come from, but that's often not the case. So the cycle of abuse continues. So she gets married, Linda gets married, and, uh, and it's, it's just a horrible situation as well. Her husband uh, is, is attacked, sad story. And, uh, and then so she and he's very unhealthy thereafter and she spends uh, 
the rest of his life, which wasn't too long, taking care of him, and then he passed away. And, and, and so here's Linda looking back at her life, dysfunction, more dysfunction, more violence, and, uh, and, and, and she's got nothing to really feel good about. So she determines that uh, there's no reason to live, and I'm going to end my life. So she goes to the hardware store, and this is, by the way, a 100% true story. She goes to the hardware store and buys the things that she believes she will need in order to end her life. No reason to live. And she brings that stuff home but doesn't act upon it. She's still, you know, not sure, but she knows that her life is terrible. And it is in that period before she actually did this horrible act that someone knocks at the door and uh, and, uh, she, and and the rest is history uh, they study the Bible together uh, and and they connect they build that relationship and back in October of 2016 uh, Linda was baptized Amen. and uh, I was there at the baptism I, I'll never forget it Actually, I probably have a picture of the baptism on, on my phone here. Uh, she was in, uh, this is, here is our quarterly magazine. It is written magazine. She was on the cover. And uh, the picture is just great. She's out of the water, dripping, just dripping. And her hands are up and she's got the biggest smile. And uh, that nameless longing, that, that inexpressible craving Ellen White talks about, she, she found it. She found it. Bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, had someone not, not knocked at the door, it would have been a different story. And so that's why we need to go out and find people, whether it be through this or mailing or just simply knocking on doors or our It Is Written program is all about finding those people. That's why at the end of the program, John will often say, and if you're interested in hearing more or we want to make this gift available to you, please contact us. And here's what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll add a, an, another thing here before we delve into this here. Uh, and I forgot to mention this yesterday. It Is Written has compiled a database of all the people who've called in. And so they say, oh, we'd like the book offer, and we mail that book offer, and it's Mr. Mail Carrier or Mrs. Mail Carrier that delivers it. Wouldn't it be nicer if it were one of our people delivering? Uh, and wouldn't it be nice if one of our people would do a follow-up visit and say, I'm the local rep from It Is Written, wanted to make sure you receive your book. How is everything? Anyway, bottom line here, that database for your area is available. People don't realize this. So, uh, you know, in the same way, here, I'll give you this as well, uh, because it has the phone number. Well, I picked this up at the tent. I have this. Okay, good. Uh, but the phone number you have here, or my email address for that matter, if you're interested in getting the, the, the people in your area who've been watching It Is Written, uh, just contact me or con you know, call the number here and uh, we'll connect you with the right person to make that available. Uh, these are not tightly kept names that we don't want to share. Absolutely not. Quite on the contrary. We'd love for churches in Grand Rapids or wherever you might be to, to just say, hey, give us the list of people in our area who've been watching for the last two years. 
that have requested a book. Because then, Richard, you can go to that home and say, hey, uh, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Richard. This is my friend uh, uh, Kathy. And uh, we, we just are local It Is Written representatives. We understand you, you watch It Is Written and person will say, oh, yes, yeah, I do. So we're just here to see uh, what you could do is actually do a follow-up survey. We can even make that available to you. Uh, we're doing a follow-up survey on behalf of John Bradshaw to see how you, you like the program, da-da-da. So have you received the book that you requested? Have you enjoyed the book? So the survey approach always works no matter what. And uh, who knows, you might pick up a few more people just like that. So, you know, we, we need to look for every possible way of finding these people who have this, this, this desire for something the world doesn't offer. So anyway, wanted to, to share that with you. And uh, I'm so excited about Linda. I mean, that's, that's, just, uh, that's just such a, a great story. All right. We're moving now. We've talked about the, the, the evangelism cycle, the, the harvest cycle, the farming cycle. Now we get to the harvest part. And uh, for Janice here, public evangelism is just a portion of evangelism. You know, when people say evangelism, often they think, oh, someone's standing up and preaching in a, in a hall and people coming. That's just a small portion of the big picture. So today we're looking at that small portion here. Um, you know, people will say public evangelism doesn't work, uh, but we know it does work because wherever it is written has done meetings, people attend, people respond, and make life-changing decisions. But where we see more successful meetings is where churches have, uh, have labored hard leading up to it. So let me give you an example. So It Is Written is involved in a project in Kansas City. And those meetings will take place with John Bradshaw. And by the way, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be streamed and broadcast. So uh, you'll probably hear more about it through the official channels of the church. But uh, we, we are eager for, for you to access those meetings. And they're going to be in April of 2018, all, the whole month of April, four weeks. So uh, we're, we're doing what we're preaching here. So it, it means that we're not just saying, okay, we'll just plan the meetings and hopefully we'll do a big mailing and people show up. No, we have boots on the ground as we speak. Uh, in all the churches there, we've been doing training upon training upon training. We have Bible workers, we have uh, volunteer Bible workers. Uh, we, we, we have a slew of activity going on right now to help plan and prepare everything that we're talking about, the, the whole evangelism cycle, so that come, come April of 2018, we're not relying on the handbills, but we're relying on all the contacts that we've done along the way and draw these people to attend our meetings. So, uh, you know, and whenever we do this faithfully, we see a, a, a much better result than if we don't do anything. And believe me, we've done both ways. We've learned this the hard way. We've just showed up, did a big mailing, and guess what? Uh, it hasn't gone as well. It just hasn't gone as well. And it's not because public evangelism doesn't work. It's because we haven't done the work that we should be doing all along here. Uh, there's something about 
There's something about preaching. There's something, there's pow- there's something powerful about the, the public portion of, uh, of evangelism. Uh, something happens, there's a dynamics that, that cannot be duplicated in any other context. Uh, you think of, uh, of Peter. Uh, he actually, after Jesus returned to heaven, he was the first evangelist. You read about it in Acts chapter 2. That was a group of people. They had some questions. The disciples look at each other, and because Peter was usually the one who was the most uh, intrepid, stepped up and preached. Now, if you look at his sermon, I've got to be honest with you. If you look at his sermon, it's not a very good sermon. It's really not a very good sermon. I mean, I don't think it's the quality of Mark Finley or John Bradshaw. But boy, what a powerful sermon. Very powerful. It was, it was a great sermon. Uh, I know I'm talking from both sides here, and you're probably saying, what are you saying? Homiletically speaking, where was the introduction, and where were the stories, and where was the appeal? He even messed up up on the appeal. If you read, people were coming to him and say, so what do we do now? They had to ask him for the appeal. So in that respect, very weak, but boy, probably one of the most powerful sermons ever preached. The Holy Spirit was present and people responded. There's something that happens in a group setting that uh, in, in, in just a small group setting cannot and will never happen. Uh, let me explain the, the dynamics of preaching here. Uh, first, you have proclamation, and that's the preaching of the Word. Uh, then you have this, this thing called illustration, which is the amplification of the Word. Uh, then you have application, and that plain and simply is the application of the word. What does this have to do with my life? And finally, number four is dedication, calling people to dedicate themselves according to what the word says. And, uh, and, 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 and these four elements, these four elements, these, these dynamics of preaching can only happen in the setting of preaching before a group of people. So we always encourage, uh, if, if you're going to do evangelism, and I'm talking this very broadly, make sure that you include public evangelism as well. When you look at, at other churches, non-Adventist churches I'm talking about, uh, I think we're the only church that consistently does public evangelism. Sure, you might say, well, what about Billy Graham and his son now Franklin and maybe a handful of others? It's, it's, they do it, but it's very limited, and it's probably over one weekend, and that's it. Adventists are the only one who really have taken this to a higher level over a span of several weeks and are preaching not just a call to Jesus, but also are preaching a message that, that opens the Word of God and the truths that often are overlooked. There's no other church that does this. And uh, it would be a shame for us to, to stop doing it. It's worked well in the past. And if we follow the principles we've already talked about the last couple days, it does not need to, to stop. So today I just want to touch on the mechanics of doing a public series. Uh, John, tomorrow when he comes, John Bradshaw will be here. And on Friday, he'll have the fun topics. He'll be talking about 
you know, preaching powerfully and making appeals and, and leading people to decisions and doing visitation. I'm talking more of the mechanics of the meetings. I get the boring topics, he gets the fun topics. Um, and that's because there's a reason for this. He's a master at preaching and, uh, and I'm more in, in tune with all the organization parts. So we kind of complement each other well. Uh, my role at It Is Written is to organize meetings. His role is to just stand up and preach the word like no one else can. So uh, I'm going to touch on several points here. The size of the series, the location of the series, the budget for the series, the length of the series, and the evangelist. Let me go quickly through that. Um, and I hope that there will be some things that uh, will be eye-opening to you. So how big, how big should a series be? Uh, can be as large or as small as you desire. I would look at it like an accordion. Uh, and the size of the series will depend on several factors. And that's something that you need to, to talk about well in advance. So it's not about a month before the series that suddenly everybody comes together and begins to discuss. As you look ahead to the evangelism cycle at the beginning of the year, you want to also plan and prepare for the harvest. And, and that's something good to do because as you're, as you're going through the whole cycle, at least it's that carrot that is in front of you that you're working toward. If you have no goal, no objectives, then uh, all that you're doing is often just spinning your wheels. But if you're working with a real purpose, then it, it helps the whole journey to be far smoother. So probably, uh, let's say you're, you're planning a meeting in the, in the fall, let's say in October, which is an ideal time to do meetings. September, October, early November is still pretty good. Uh, those are the, the, that's prime time for evangelism. Or even late spring. Uh, April, May are still pretty good as well, but my preferred time is usually uh, October. That's, that's my month. So if you're doing a series of meetings in October, you want to start planning for them in, in January. No later than January. You want uh, your church, your group. Uh, and, and by the way, here's the thing that will and can sometimes happen. You attend a, a presentation like this, We've had this happen over and over. People get energized. They want to do personal evangelism. They want to do a mailing. They want to, they want to, to hang door hangers at the church. Here. I forgot to mention this yesterday. They, they, they want to do a lot of things. You go back to your church. And this probably, Michigan is probably the exception. But in most conferences, they go back to their church. And everybody looks at them and say, Huh? They think everyone will be just as excited as they are, but the reality is a lot of people are not as excited as you are. So you go back, you have all these ideas, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and, and we're going to turn the world upside down, and da-da-da-da, and people say, huh? And it's disheartening. And so the fire that you once had is suddenly just quenched, and... Uh, and then things just continue the same way they have always been. So my recommendation is lower your expectations. Lower your expectations in terms of how people will respond. Don't lower your expectations of God. Don't lower your expectations about yourself. But lower your expectations of other people. I expect that they will not be as excited as you are. 
But find the people in your church who are excited as you are. Because I believe that in every church, there is always a group of people who are excited. But there are some who just are cultural Seventh-day Adventists. They just go to church because that's what they always do. And they love Sabbath school and they love the, 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 the worship service and they pray to prayers. But don't ask them to do much more because, oh, it's just not my gift. It's just not my gift. I can't, can't do this. So, and people usually don't join something unless it's proven to be successful. So you, 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 you pick a, a small group. And uh, in, with a small group, I mean, look at Jesus. He had just 12. And the 12 grew and they turned the world upside down. So just, you know, you're, you're okay if it's just two, three, four, five. Have a small group and uh, start the process with a small group. And believe me, let's say five people in the church, they could actually do the whole evangelism cycle, including an evangelistic series, and be extremely successful. I'll show you how that works. So don't expect everyone to jump on board. Uh, your pastors should be on board in Michigan Conference. I believe that, uh, that that's truly a happening thing here. Uh, but in some places, even pastors are not as excited. They'll say, good, I'm glad you're doing it and I'll support you, but don't ask me to do much more than just that. That's the reality of many places in the world with the exception of this conference. Janice, am I shocking you? Yes. It's the truth. It's the truth, unfortunately. That, uh, you know, b believe me, it is written, goes all over the place. And I wish I could tell you that everyone is excited and desirous to do this. It's just not the reality. So you live in a unique and special conference where there is a top-down fire that, uh, that, that really has, has had such a, a, a powerful impact on the conference. And so enjoy this conference. Enjoy it. Are you from this conference? Good. So you're in a good place. Um, So the size of your meetings will depend on the territory you're trying to reach. So the more people you want to reach, the bigger the series. So, uh, you know, you go back and you say our territory is going to be, it could be a geographic area. Let's say that it's this neighborhood in our city or this community or this village or this town. So the size of your series depends on, on how many people are in that geographic area. Uh, it, it depends also on church involvement. If the, if the whole church is going to be part of this, then automatically the series probably will be a little bit bigger. And also depends on the budget. If your budget is, is a little bit bigger, then you can expect the series to also be a bit bigger. I'll tell you in just a little bit uh, how much you could spend and still have a very successful evangelistic series. Uh, number two, the location of the series. Where should the series be done? Uh, well, that also depends on certain factors. Uh, if you expect a, a big crowd, you probably want to make sure that you have a big enough venue for the crowd. Uh, it, it'll depend on, your, on the church involvement and the budget where the series will be held. But let me make a few suggestions here. Uh, the church, obviously, is a good place. Uh, but you don't have to do a series in the church. Now, some people will say, I'd rather not start in a church because some people in the community might have a, 
a predisposition against the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which really is not warranted. And by the way, if you've been doing some of the bridge building events, that lowers that suspicion and lowers that prejudice. That's why those bridge building events that we talked about yesterday are so important because then people realize that, hey, Seventh-day Adventists are good people. And guess what? We are good people. We're not just some crazy people who people think uh, just worship on Saturday and, uh, and eat differently and, and, and this and that. No, no, we are good people. Sure, we worship on Sabbath and, and sure, many have different uh, diets, but, but we're still good people. So, uh, but some will say we'd rather not do the meetings, open the meetings in, a, in the church because there is a prejudice. And that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to, to start in the church. There's plenty of other venues to, to do it at. Civic centers, hotels, clubs, schools. Uh, my very first series of meetings, I went to the local college. I'll never forget. I was 20, 22 years old. So I went to the college, Waynesburg College in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Went to the college and said, hey, I'd like to run a little seminar. This was Revelation, a Revelation seminar. I'd like to do a Revelation seminar, a, a Bible-based seminar. And they said, sure. And the price for that was minimal. And in uh, the classroom, <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, was probably about the size of this classroom. So we, we mailed out some handbills and lo and behold, the church filled, I mean, the church classroom was full and it was, a, it was an awesome experience. It was on the second floor of one of the buildings at the college and, uh, you know, people had to climb, but they came. So schools are good places, theaters, vacant storefronts, uh, tents. Uh, you'd be amazed, uh, you know, the tents that uh, I understand that most of the tents here are, are rented. At, on the at here at camp meeting so you know you can contact a local tent company and they will uh, they'll come and set it up uh, we did uh, we used the tent in Chattanooga in October of 2015 and uh, the, the company it was it was uh, not a big price they came and set it up and uh, we were able to heat it it was uh, was November October so we had to heat it up a little bit but uh, it worked out well it really worked out well. So uh, another place is your living room or your basement. Uh, do they have basements in Michigan? Okay. They don't have basements in, in some places. California, they look at you, basement. What is that? Florida, what's a basement? Uh, Mary, Good, good to see you. You good? All right. So, uh, so even your living room can be a place, uh, or your basement. Some, some of your basements, some of our basements. I have a basement as well in Chattanooga. They, they have basements there. Uh, you can set it up in such a way where uh, about 15, 20 people, you know, on 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 folding chairs can sit. And uh, so I, I think we, we, we need to, to look for the opportunities of where meetings can and could be held. Uh, the budget. So how much money 
should the series of meetings be? Well, the budget depends also on several factors. Uh, the more people that are anticipated, you probably will need a bigger venue. And if you need a bigger venue, you may need to spend more. So uh, it, it has to do with the size that you anticipate. The location of the series will also affect your, your, your budget. If you're doing it in your basement, that's going to be zero unless uh, you, you, you budget to have some reimbursement for your heating or whatever expenses you might have. Uh, the length of the series also may affect the budget because if you do a series that's three weeks or four weeks and you're renting, that's going to increase your, your budget. So the, the budget includes the following expenses. So as you're planning and preparing in January for your harvest series in the fall, you want to consider uh, the, 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 the venue that you will be using and how much rent will be. Then you have to look at what type of advertising you're going to be doing. Now people will say, if we're doing everything before, do we really still need to advertise? And I would say you still need to advertise because it does two things. Number one, the people that you've already connected with and you've built a relationship with through your bridge events, through personal evangelism, through all the stuff we've talked about, uh, for them to receive a, a handbill confirms that what they are being invited to is really something significant, official, formal, important. So it, it confirms in, in their minds that yes, Emily has invited me, and I got an invitation by mail as well. I really should go to this. So uh, the, the handbill affirms and confirms in people's minds that the invitation, the personal invitation that they've received is, is really truly valid. Then the other thing it does, who knows, you might pick up someone that, that has this, this nameless longing. They, they read it and it's like, oh. That'd be interesting. Maybe I should go. And so you may pick up uh, a handful of other people that you've never met before. So it, it's, it's important to plan on doing some advertising. Uh, depending on your community, uh, advertising could be simply handbill. Uh, or it could be if you have a little bit bigger of a budget and, and you have a local radio station, uh, you could do a little uh, little ad on the radio and un understand that uh, our Adventist uh, radio stations here are, they seem to be everywhere. I've, I was in the exhibition hall, I saw one called Strong Tower. Mm -hmm. You well acquainted with that one? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think they indicated to me they cover quite a bit of, uh, of Michigan. So I'm sure they would be willing to work out a deal. Uh, television. That's a bit more expensive. I would probably stick to radio and primarily to handbills. Uh, billboards. Billboards. I tell you what, billboards do work as well. We had a, uh, this is a story from Charlotte, North Carolina, where we did meetings. This lady is, and her husband are driving in, on one of the highways in Charlotte. There's the, the billboard with John and inviting them to attend Revelation today and she's like man that looks interesting she gets home talking about the handbill and poof in her mailbox is the handbill it's like God you're trying to tell me something wow. and uh, so she attends the meetings 
Uh, and, and we have a lot of these stories over and over. So the, the more we hit people from different sides, the more it confirms that God is calling these people who are searching and seeking. That's the ones we're targeting. Uh, the, the ones who have a door open for, for something more. And they're there. And they're there. So that will affect your budget as well. Uh, where should the income for the budget come? Well, several places. I know that this conference certainly has, provides help to do evangelism. So uh, if you're planning to do evangelism uh, through the church, you can apply for some subsidy from the conference. Uh, of course, have you experienced that? No, I'm just saying, wow, that's great. I wish they did that in Ohio. Well, you know what? Ohio, I think they may start doing that because, Pastor, are you in the Allegheny West or uh, in Ohio, Ohio Conference? Ohio. Yeah, I, I think Pastor Halverson, Ron Halverson Jr., the president of, uh, of the conference, uh, definitely uh, is supportive of, of evangelism. Uh, that's for sure. I've, by the way, I said in, in Charlotte it was a picture of John. Actually, it was, it was not John. Those meetings were done by his father, uh, Ron Halverson Sr. And uh, those, those were some of the greatest meetings I've, I've ever been part of. If you've ever met uh, Ron Halverson Sr., quite, uh, quite a preacher himself. So uh, uh, you, you, the income would come from the conference. Uh, income can come from the church. I would hope that every single church has money set aside for, for this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's another place. And uh, so how much, how much uh, could and should meetings cost? So let me give you an idea here. I think that a, a church can have a, a very nice series for about... Uh, $5,000. That's not a whole lot. And here's how I would break it down. Uh, you, you carefully look for a venue, and I think you could find a venue for a couple thousand dollars to rent. Uh, you buy $500 worth of literature because you want to make sure that you have uh, the handouts and the literature ready to give to people as they come every night. And then uh, for 2,500, you can mail out about 7,000 handbills. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting we get away from these gigantic budgets and these gigantic venues and, uh, and, and, and we, we, just, we just do a lot of smaller meetings because I think the smaller meetings will be just as successful and in my opinion, probably even more successful than some of the bigger meetings where you know church will spend or the conference will spend fifty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars i've been part of those and uh and i've i'm looking back and i'm saying more small is better than just one big um anyway that's that's in a nutshell the budget that i would look at uh yes yes mary but what I would like to do is, the church that I go to is in Willoughby, Ohio. You know, it's in a, a suburb. And, um, you know, it, we, we're a small church, and um, it's just, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I need to do something for the Lord. 
And, and, and so what I want to do, we have a community center. I, I stay in the city. And so um, I, I, you can get the community center, you can get a room free. And so I want to um, evangelize. The, there was a church in the community and the church moved to a different community. And so, um, you know, I just feel God still has souls there. So I wanted to do something. I was gonna get some Bible workers or just some people with the passion that I have, lay people that were, were willing, and maybe some elders or something to participate with me and do um, something in the community center. And there is a church that's not too far, like if there were souls as a result, I would refer them. So I was gonna kind of talk to the pastor and see, you know, if I could get any type of help. So by it being something like that, um, and we're talking about the, um, the preparing and all of that, what type of event do, would you say that um, we should do? You know, because it's not, the church is not doing it, but it's lay people from the churches. I'm gonna try to find some people from the churches. And I'm not um, combative or trying to start problems. I just want to do something for the Lord. And my church, you know, they're, I mean, you know, we, we'll do something, it's coming, but I just see so much opportunity and well, Mary, let me let me back up here, and I may be a little repetitive, so bear with me, f the rest of you. Uh, you know, in comparison, uh, your 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 conference is probably lagging a little bit behind in terms of of being in a culture of evangelism. Mm -hmm. I think it's changing. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said, I think Pastor Halverson is definitely driving the church the conference in that direction. But uh, like I was telling Janice, uh, Michigan Conference is, is enjoying a lot of emphasis in evangelism, and that's very, very good. So here's what I would do. So you're going home. And uh, one thing you want to do, I, I think you were not here when I said this, but you want to go home and, and uh, lower your expectations. And what I mean is not of yourself, not of God, but of the people that you go back to because they're not accustomed to what we are talking about here. So uh, lower your expectations. Don't go back and, and you know, expect everyone to be on board and Mary, we're going to do this. You can depend on us. Uh, it probably will not happen to that degree. But there's always a few that are going to be Mary, We've been, we've been wanting this to happen. So you go back to your church and you gather those few people and you share with them the very things that we've been talking about here. Let them know that, uh, you know, we, we need to apply the evangelism cycle and uh, we, we need to, to do things very uh, carefully and we need to plan. And, and, uh, and, and, and so I think a handful of people can, can really do more than, than you realize. You don't need to wait on the whole church to be on board, but make sure the pastor knows. Because the pastor, it, it's important for him to know and, and to support so that along the way he doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's just better to be transparent. So, so you go forward and, uh, and what I would do if I were you is because you, you, you can't conquer the whole world, but you right. can conquer a location. So you can say, you know, this is the town, mm -hmm. but our territory is going to be this place here. 
So this here is what we're going to emphasize. And that could be where the community center is. Mm -hmm. So I'll just label it uh, community center, CC. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do a mailing. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about this yesterday. I, I don't think you, this is the mega mailer. We, we will do a mailing there and find people who want Bible studies. Mm -hmm. Uh, using the, the USPS uh, uh, app. Code, the yes. The, the well, you, you, what, what you can do is you can select specific carrier routes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you, you can be very focused and targeted. So mm -hmm. you're not going here, you're focusing on this place here. Okay. Uh, this place here is, is your field. This is the field that God has called us to evangelize. One thing that you can do, by the way, also, I didn't mention this uh, so far, but uh, it's powerful and it's nothing new. You've done it. But do some prayer walking. Mm -hmm. This is all part of the getting the field ready. Uh, walk and with, you know, it's good exercise and it's powerful. So you're praying and you're walking here and you're walking there and you're praying for this family and their children. They're playing outside and you're, you're just asking, Lord, soften this community for for, for the kingdom. Uh, you do a, a mailing, just like we're talking about. You do, out of your community center, uh, possibly you can do some bridge events. Mm -hmm. We talked about it yesterday, and the, the email I sent you there has a list of different things you could do. Figure out what is a need in the community and say, oh, you know, what they need is, is, uh, is some health classes. Mm -hmm. What they need are some cooking classes. What they need are, and you do that. And that builds bridges. People start coming to the community center and realize that, hey, this is, these are good, kind, gracious people. Now you're building that relationship. And then, of course, the next step will be inviting people to take Bible studies. Uh, and, and eventually, is, does the community center have a place to do meetings? Yes. It's big enough? And there you can, you know, I, I see Mary standing up front, and she is the evangelist. Why not? Why not? You know, Peter was a fisherman, uh, and he preached uh, very powerfully. So, you know, that's really how I would approach it. Uh, don't expect the whole church to be on board. Start small, and what's going to happen, success breeds success, because once people see, hey, you know, that little group, they baptized three people. Mm -hmm. They're doing something. More people will say, I want to be part of this. And maybe what they'll say, we'll have a, another group who'll say, you know, we'll take this, this portion of this town. This will be our field. Mm -hmm. And the three, four, five of us, we're going to pray or walk here. And we're going to reach this community. We're going to do a mailing for Bible study request cards. And we're going to build relationships with people living right here. That's how you do it. Uh, you know, if we wait for everyone to be on board and we expect to reach the whole city at once, we're, we're, we're taking too big of a bite. That's why I say, uh, you know, with a $5,000 budget, you can do a very nice series of meetings right here and right here. And let's say there's no venue here. No worries. Do it in the basement. Do it in your living room. Why not? Why not? There's no reason that this cannot be done. You know, I think we, we, we have just approached this with a, such a narrow view and, and misunderstand, a lot of misunderstandings that we, we have missed on, on opportunities to really see our church grow. And, uh, and I see this as one of the 
ways to, to go about this. Does that help? That helps. My church, I shared with them the Michigan, you know, what Michigan is doing um, because my, my son is a pastor here. And so my pastor has the information and I was told, you know, we could get their code and just to do, you know, so, so I, I want you to know that, it, you know, I'm not anti and I'm not whatever, but in my community, I want to do something. So I've shared everything with the pastor and the head elder about it and they're supposed to be checking into it. So the church should be getting involved with that, but I just want to do something in my community. Mary, don't wait on everybody, everything lining up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a pastor. I pastored for 25 years. And believe me, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, and hopefully I learned from those mistakes and did a couple good things. But here's, here's how I would look at it. Mary, you come to me as the pastor and you say, I want to do something. I want to do something. God has inspired me. I've, I've gleaned a few things from It Is Written and other places. I would, I would say to you, oh, Mary, you're an answer to prayer. And whatever I can do to support you, I will. And, uh, and I, 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 I would say, go for it. And uh, I, I believe that a lot of pastors are going to be like this. But you have a few that are dragging their feet, Janice. It's, it's the reality. I mean, Mary, you come from Ohio. You, Emily, you've worked outside this conference a little bit. So uh, do pastors sometimes drag their feet? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'm 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 telling you, you're you're in in evangelism heaven right here. I am. <laughs> yeah. We're so excited. We have been, you know, last year when we, we did those billboards and just went wild with money and just spent all kinds on advertisement. And now they use those billboards. They're not being wasted. The kids are having slip and slide down going down the hill mm. on it. Now you've seen it. Emily. One thing, just on that, that I know, <clears throat> I've, I've heard and I've found that I think, you know, even if, even if a, a church or a pastor is dragging their feet, so to speak, if, if you're willing to, you know, go to them, talk to them about it, and then, you know, go do the work, pretty soon, even if at the beginning they aren't totally supportive, if they see the results and they see the work and souls coming in, they're eventually going to come around. Here, here's yeah. the thing. I, 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 I think I hinted on this. I don't think any pastor is going to be saying, Mary, don't do this. <laughs> I, I think they're going to be, Mary, if you want to do this, I'll support you. But in a little bit what Emily's saying, it's going to be a wait and watch type of approach. But if, if you're willing to take the lead, most pastors, if not all pastors, would say, God be with you. And then once they see success, the pastor will say, I want to be a part of that. God be with you and I'm, me too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes that's, that's the reality of life. Church members, I guarantee you, uh, you know, many of them will be a little hesitant mm -hmm. in some places. So just, just go for it. And, and one, thing, one, one thing is true, and I want to make sure you hear this from me. You've got my email address. And uh, please do not hesitate. I'm writing notes. I'm not. No, no. Do not, do not hesitate to, to call upon it as written, to call me, to contact me. Because, right. you know, one thing 
I, I don't just share things and then wash my hands and say, I hope they have, I, I, I pray for their success. We're in this together. We're in this together. It is written, it's not some distant ministry that uh, is in Chattanooga and doesn't care about you guys. We care. What a series you have, because that's how I first met you. It's um, on how to give Bible studies. And maybe um, your church could um, run that before you do a, a series. Oh, you watch this on Psalm 365? I don't know. Well, we, got, we got the DVDs. We've been watching them at our church on prayer meeting night. Okay. So that's what we're. That's what I'm going to suggest when I go back. That Excellent. we get on salt and run it for personal ministries and for mission spotlight and, and do that. Now the churches. My my pastor has three churches, so I they're they're going to get on board. But I live in a community, and I don't want my neighbors to say you knew. And you didn't tell me you were right down the street or right around the corner. Mary, right here, right here, right here. Just, just, just do that. Uh, how long should the series be? Let me come back to the actual series because that is, that is really the emphasis here. And by the way, Mary, you don't want to miss tomorrow okay. and Friday because uh, we're going to take it to another level with Pastor John Bradshaw. He's, he's going to be here, standing right here. I'll sit in the back and just smile uh, if there's room, because he's going to talk about it tonight. And uh, Richard and I were commenting that uh, this room is going to just... Oh, well, you tell them, don't reserve these. This, this, here, this, this here is the group. This here is the group. All the others are the, the, yeah, the bandwagon. But we want the bandwagon to still hear some of this stuff. It's important. So John will be talking about the actual preaching and, and stuff. So how long should the series be? Uh, and I'm going to get to something really cool in just a second here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go one week because in one week you just, you're just barely touching the very just tip of the iceberg. I would say two weeks would be the minimum, uh, three or four weeks. Um, I, I think you need to have enough presentations to, to really stir the heart. And if you do two weeks, you could do six nights per week, three weekends, six nights per week, 15 presentations, and that's really the bare minimum. Three weeks, uh, there you have 18 presentations over four weekends, and there you could do it five nights per week. Per week, uh, so the four weeks, I think, in my opinion, is is in a way the best. You go over five weekends, four nights a week, so four nights, and then three nights off, uh, and then there you have twenty presentations to to cover. Uh, which is best? Um, really depends. You know, like I said, my preference is the four weeks. But let's say that the people who are attending are people that you already know very well. Uh, and there's not a, you're not expecting a, a huge new crowd. Then you could afford to go less. Uh, but if, if you're expecting a lot of newer people that you want to connect with, longer is better. And I'll tell you why. Because then you have four weeks to build a relationship with them. And so it, it all depends on these little subtleties. If you already have a connection with people coming, then shorter is fine. If you don't, uh, because two weeks, you 
blink and it's over and, and maybe you have not connected with them as, as well as, as you wanted. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if you've heard me say this, I know Janice hasn't, but the rest of you have, it's all about relationships, building that trust. When you have that trust built, then the message will, will be accepted readily. If you, you know, so often as Seventh-day Adventists, we get ahead of ourselves. And when we give Bible studies, it's all about making sure they know the truth. And when we preach, it's all about making sure they know the message. Friends, yes, but do not do it at the expense of building that relationship. Uh, what is most important is that personal connection uh, and that personal connection with Jesus. Once they have that, the rest just automatically falls in place. But when we are so, so focused on just that one thing, then, uh, then it, the results will be far less than what they ought to be. Question. For, should we do, uh, I have two questions. Should we do the Bible studies with the people? You know how some um, evangelists, they have you, the, they send a team out and whatever, whatever. This is after we've done the mingling with, you know, and and then do the series. And I, I haven't even, I don't even know what series, you know, to do. But would you do the Bible studies, you know, like they do get people studying then, invite them to the, um, the big thing or, or what, what? sure mary this is what uh, i was I, I didn't give you this one either uh did i give you this one i didn't give you that one here yeah yeah uh mary i'll i'll, I'll quickly answer your question the the card you have there is our mega mailer so you can mail okay. uh in your community here you can mail let's say you have uh in this Territory. Let's say you have 3,000 people who live there. You mail 3,000 of these, and to to do this will cost you about uh, about $1,200. Okay. So it's uh, it's very doable. So you would do this well in advance before the, the the public series because you want to follow the people up who respond. You want to start Bible studies. So this happens several weeks, months before your actual series. Okay. And uh, what you have here is instead of mailing, you can have your, your Pathfinder Club and others yes. uh, put this at the door. And it's the same thing. Uh, if you look at the details, it's the exact same thing here. And people can respond as well. Okay. So that's question number one. Now, you also ask about the content. Mm -hmm. Glad you asked. Let me take you here. So... I've prepared my laptop just for this here. And uh, I think you'll like. All right, let me go here. So you want, fortunately, Oh, yeah, that's too bad. So you want to enter, and it's, uh, I'll make sure it's in your notes, a series builder. So seriesbuilder.com. Unfortunately, you can't see it there. I don't know how you make this different, but just trust me. So seriesbuilder.com. Uh, so you enter that, and it'll take you to this page that you see right here. 
now this here it you're on it is written on an it is written page and uh, man what a shame and it's uh, it's the the material that you can use to preach so uh, here it says series builder presentations free download what we have here are all the the notes manuscript what we have here is are the slides both in PowerPoint and Keynote so I'll, I'll show you that here so here they are unfortunately unfortunately you don't see the title each of these here corresponds to this is sermon number one this is sermon number two so you can download either Keynote PowerPoint and then here of course would be the actual notes okay and then here is less is uh, number two uh, and and three and so on and so forth Are so they yes okay. so let me show you I I have prepared this uh, by the way that's my family my son and my wife and my daughter and that's my son's wife anyway just so I have actually downloaded so let me go here and I have downloaded so that I could show you so I go to download here and I'll open up uh, PowerPoint most of you would use PowerPoint okay you have a Mac or a PC okay so if you have a Mac you'll probably use Keynote if you have a PC laptop you'll probably use PowerPoint uh, on my Mac either one will work so I'll open uh, PowerPoint what I am opening here is number sermon number four so there I just uh, I downloaded this this morning just like I mentioned and there is sermon number four and it's uh, it's it's right here uh, and uh, so there you have it uh, let me show you something here let me so I'm gonna start the slides so oh there we go so uh, the slide appears here Marie Antoinette uh, and I have the notes on my on my laptop just like this so I'm controlling what's on the screen but at the same time what appears here are the notes to preach with so I mean I, I know this conference has done the same thing I mean this is uh, this is not rocket science but uh, and a lot of the material this conference has by the way has been provided by it is written so we are close partners with the Michigan conference so famous last words so there is uh, so here are the notes uh, you can see that right here so Mary you you, you preach this and uh, famous last words I'd like to share with you some famous last words from certain individuals most of them pretty well known the first one is Marie-Antoinette uh, the wife of King Louis the 16th of France she was executed in the French Revolution and her last words were pardon me sir I did not do this on purpose then you go to the next one one expert in grammar said in his name uh, Dominique Bou he probably would say Boo Howers, but uh, I think in French it's Boo. Uh, never heard of this guy. And they said it's, uh, it's well known. I, I, I did not write the sermon, okay? This is one of John's sermons. So take it up with him tomorrow. Uh, one expert in grammar said, I'm about 
to or I'm going to die, either expression is correct. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the point here is uh, you have everything at your fingertips. So let's say, uh, let's go here. You're asking me about editable. So uh, let me uh, slide sorter. Let me use that. So let's say, you know, I don't like uh, what you know, it is written has put together and uh, you know this thing with this grammar expert I don't like so what you can do is uh, is uh, delete the slide uh, or or in let me show you another one you can black it out I'm looking for or hide slide right here so the slide suddenly is is hidden and so it won't appear because man I don't want to have to pronounce this guy's name because I don't know how to pronounce it uh, and then the notes that are typed, that appear here, you can edit them as well. So, uh, but at least you have the, the core, you have the foundation. You don't need to, to come up with all new slides, with a whole new script, with a whole new sermon, because that can suck up all your time. Here you have the content, you want to fine tune it so that as you present it, it feels like it's your own. And you may say as you go through this that, man, I would put this slide with this text a little sooner because it makes more sense in my way of thinking, and that's perfectly fine. But uh, we, we want to make sure everyone has, has, uh, has this available. So this download is free, okay? It's free, as it says here. It covers, it, it, we have 20 presentations, 19 or 20 presentations. So it covers, it covers. Uh, Does it have, have the format of the Bible studies, the topics there? Or here, let me pull this out. So, you know, what it covers here, uh, it, 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 it's essentially uh, the very same topics as, as the Bible studies. So what we use, how we use it, at it is written. It's, it's pretty simple. So let's say person, people come to lesson number one. Can God be trusted? Uh, we often will simply give them as a handout as they leave lesson number one. Now, of course, you will say, but Eve, what if we have already studied with them? Uh, then there are other materials that can be found. I mean, probably Glowtrax has... Uh, has uh, has a, 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 a matching uh, topic. Because the first one is, uh, is on, uh, the on the Bible. Yeah, it's the Daniel 2. So there's plenty of places you can find something on, on Daniel 2. Uh, but, you know, the topics we have here, 18 so far, and I think we're adding a couple more. But, uh, so there you go. So when you go to this page, there you can see it all. Uh, you, you can just download which format you want and you're in business. And it's free, just like that, just like that. Uh, but let me add a little other thing here. Uh, let me reboot this here, back up here. So we also, and this is not for free, but it's not a, a, a tremendous expense, but we have two, uh, two packages. I know I sound like a salesman and I apologize all, you know, I'm just sharing resources and I, I don't want to sound like an infomercial. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, we, we, we have a couple of, of uh, packages here in addition to the actual sermons here. And, and the, this is from the publishing department that it is written. So we have a silver and gold package. And what, uh, what it does, it adds a few bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. Because with the free download, all you have is the notes, the slides, and that's it. So uh, what we do provide is, uh, is the audio for the series. So let's say you want to prepare yourself. I have found very helpful as I prepared sermons, uh, evangelistic sermons, is to hear some of the masters preach. You know, to hear how Mark Finley does it and John Bradshaw and Sean Boonstra and, and, and you know, all the, the ones. So, you know, we provide an audio so you can actually hear the sermon preach, preached so that you can feel how it's how it flows uh included in here are decision cards because often we we make card calls and uh, we give you the templates for those card calls uh letters that can be mailed to people who are attending uh so we we, we provide you some bells and whistles with uh, with these extra packages here that uh, we think are are helpful as you plan and prepare so instead of just having slides and manuscript you have just a little bit more to help you with with the whole process so how much is the silver and how much is the gold <laughs> since you're right there <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm trying to figure out uh uh i don't even know i pre-order now let me see what it says I, I don't think they're completely finished putting it together but they're going to be done soon they're working on it furiously uh, but let me see what publishing director. Okay, the silver is uh, sixty-four ninety-nine, and like I said, it does come with quite a bit of, of bells and whistles. And the the gold is one hundred and twenty-nine ninety-nine. But here's here's the thing. I think they've done this. Listen, listen to that. There, uh, the 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 gold includes video intros by John Bradshaw for each topic. So personalized uh video intros by john so let's say it's mary who's preaching and john comes on video and says you know i'm so glad you're attending the series at such and such a location and uh, mary here is uh is one of my colleagues and uh, she's she's you know it helps to build credibility so anyway that's in a nutshell uh, if if you go to seriesbuilder.com and i'll share this in my email to you today Wait, are you saying that he will be on the video saying here that? and and uh, your email address okay. <laughs> yeah he'll film this and we'll send you the file really oh my goodness did i did i say that it is written is in this with you <laughs> yes. no no i said it today no, no, we're, we're serious. I mean, it is written. I, I don't want people to ever think we're just some distant ministry who, you know, we, we want the kingdom to grow just like you. And uh, we, we want you to have the resources and, and we want to, to be of help. So, I mean, uh, contact me, uh, email me. I will respond. The, this email does not go to some dark hole that... You know, just just email me and I will respond. This is a priority to me. Wow. So. What's the check mean after people's names? It just means yesterday that they had been here. That's oh. all. But you know, I'll put one because you've been here today. Okay. <laughs> there, there. So a series, I'm a builder. That's what 
series builder. So what I'll do, what I'll do, Janice, since you're you're new to this, I'll I'll email. You know, my uh, husband Jack Sutton came to your whole thing last um, summer, last uh, year. Wait, that was with Olin Thomas. Oh. That that's uh, Olin Olin Olin, okay. Olin was uh, was conducting that. So okay. yes, uh, but so he's. Oh, it is, it is, uh, but it wasn't me, it was uh, my colleague, uh, right. uh, Olin he Thomas. You know, Michigan, January, February, or Ohio even, you're, you're dealing with weather, yeah. and uh, that's, that's a tough one. You could have a mild winter, I think you had a mild one this past winter, and the one before might have been mild as well, but uh, this coming one could be the, the mother of all winter storms, and, and you know, and... and and suddenly you three meetings have been have been canceled and it's tough so I safe uh, is April May or uh, September October you need to plan well in advance you want to plan I would say uh, eight nine ten months in advance you want to plan for this so that everything you're doing really leads to the the climax and, uh, and then, of course, you want to make sure you have a follow-up plan in place as well. And then when it's over, you start right over again because it never ends. The cycle continues on and on. You had a question or comment. I know we're out of time, but uh, how long should the individual meeting be? Yeah, I, I touched, I, that was on some, I, I was covering this, but we don't have time. I'll tell you exactly, one hour. Yep. One hour, that's it. Uh, John Bradshaw can probably get away with an hour and, and a half total because, because he's John Bradshaw. But I would say f for me and for you, I would go one hour. You start at seven, you end at eight. Uh, the preliminaries are boom, 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 uh, so that you have a good 45, 50 minutes to, to, to present. Uh, so one hour is, is the ideal. We live in a very busy society. People don't want to, uh, to, to, to linger. Uh, and if you stay an hour, then you have the right to probably hang out for another 15 minutes. But if you do an hour and 15, then you, you know, it can easily stretch to an hour and a half. So one hour is the best. You know, he, it was his first year to, to preach, so it, I'm giving him a little slack there. And, and he did do a series, and we had, we're only a small group. I don't know how many we have on the books, it's not much, but we have like maybe 50 regular attenders. That's it. We're a very small church. We had, I think, 70. Fantastic. We had 70 people, and they lasted way past the Sabbath message, <laughs> almost to the end. And now we're down to maybe a handful of people that come here and there, and not one bat. I don't think there was any baptisms, but there's commitment, you know, in a... They need more. But, you know, I, I'm, I have no details, Janice, yeah. but I will venture guess here is that uh, it might not have been as much of a runway leading up to it. Uh -huh. And so the people that came, most of them were probably brand new. Yep. And so uh, now you, you're building that relationship, will, yes. which will eventually lead yes. to baptism. What, what, what we've been talking here all week long is to make sure that you, you, you build the runway in front of the meetings. Yeah. And uh, so you will have results. Give you a quick example, then we'll pray and finish. Uh, we were in Mongolia just a uh, uh, week and a half ago was our final Sabbath in Mongolia. Fantastic experience. Just 
amazing. 97% non-Christian in Mongolia. And so, you know, they're like, uh, and the door is open. So we had on that final Sabbath, John did a one-week series, different cultures. You can't always go with what I say here. You know, yeah. I'm telling you two, three, four weeks. There, two, three, four weeks, they'll laugh at you. So it is written, has to adjust to a depending on the culture. And they said, Pastor, we are not used to meetings. Let's just do one week. You know what? We'll do that. So John did a one-week series. On the final Sabbath, he had, we had about 70 baptisms. Absolutely phenomenal. But here's the thing that you have to understand. The, the 70 people who were baptized were not the people from the meetings. They were that, that just brand new attended the meetings. These were people that they had been working with all along for many weeks and many months. So the meetings were the climatic moment. And then on Sabbath afternoon, the final Sabbath, they were baptized. So that's, that's really how it works. Because often we, we do meetings and we expect people to be immediately baptized. But, uh, you know, for, for, for people to, to soak in the new truths and the lifestyle changes that are... Re, it's are it's, it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes they got to quit their job and they're about to re re retire in a few years and that means you're going to give it all up. So anyway, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, who's coming? Well, John Bradshaw. John Bradshaw. follow-up plan? I mean, I know about follow-up plans, but like... Um, what would be a follow-up plan for, for me? I'll, uh, I'll email you and I'll email all of you. As a matter of fact, I'll make a note. I have a, created a document that we don't have time to cover. Mm -hmm. Twelve things that can be done to, to really uh, make sure that you preserve the, the harvests. Yeah. Uh, because so often we, we, we do a lot of good things and then they walk out the back door. But here's, here's something that I've already shared. If you do things in the front end well, they're less likely to leave because you already have a relationship with them. Uh, my, my best follow-up, uh, the best follow-up is to do the things ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Then you keep people in. If, uh, if you don't do things in the front, it's going to be a lot harder in the back. But not impossible, but a lot harder. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful group, and thank you for our time together. Give us a good remainder of today, Wednesday, at camp meeting, and bring us safely back tomorrow. We're excited. I'm excited to have John here who will be able to, to share some insights from his experience, his vast experience as an evangelist. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.